Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Going Rounds podcast, episode 43, live, ready to go. Got a whole lot of shit to talk about. Um, there's plenty of events going on this weekend, including boxing, bare knuckle boxing, uh, UFC, of course, uh, just everything, all kinds of stuff going on. And, you know, we got to recap what happened last week because we had a Bellator and a UFC last week and a BKFC as well. Uh, BKFC's just throwing events out there every week, apparently. So everybody follows the UFC model, you know, the more you put out. But not all of these uh, organizations have the depth of cards uh, that they can put out there like UFC does as far as, you know, uh, like stars, people that are recognizable, but you know, they're putting it out there, so you can't blame them. That means there's always some kind of combat sports event that you can watch. So, and it keeps me going because it gives me some shit to talk about. <laughs> I mean, I could talk about a whole lot of other stuff, but it's going rounds podcast. So we got to go rounds with uh, combat sports and everything about it. So we got to keep it on topic. But before I get too far into that topic, I always go over a couple little things here and there personally and and whatnot. So, you know. I gotta get gotta get it started with some personal stuff, which I've been mentioning, you know, that uh <laughs> I've been mentioning the past couple podcasts that my daughter, Trin, who's been on the podcast before, uh, she was getting ready to move out. And last night was uh the the first night that she was officially moved out. So, you know, her last official night was Monday where she stayed at the house and you know, I thought she was going to be here Tuesday. She said she would, and then she got caught up, her and her girlfriend, who she's moving out with. Uh, they they had a bunch of stuff to do, and they were super tired, passed out at her girlfriend's place that she was at. So, no big deal, you know. But, uh, yeah, I had a rough night last night. Um, I'm definitely, I definitely love my girls, my, my kids. I have two girls, and they're they're older now, and... Obviously, uh, they were still living at home, and my older daughter still is here, which I'm happy about because I love her, too. Of course, Haley is uh, her own person. She's amazing, and I love the shit out of her, too. But, you know, Trent's leaving, being the baby of the family, and she's leaving first. It's it's a little rough, you know? Uh, she's always been my, my little baby girl, and it's it's hard to... Yeah, it's hard to just let go because I'm a real, uh, I guess I'm just a proud dad, you know, and I, I've been so attached and my world has been my, my kids, like always, no matter how much they annoy me or piss me off, like everybody does that to each other regardless. I don't know a person out there that doesn't get annoyed with another person. So, you know, but all of the ups and downs and the, the troublemaking and, everything else i i i you know i i get mad i get upset and you know it's normal i'm a dad parent in general will know what i'm talking about but i you know i had a hard time and i still have a hard time because 
today, all I could think about all day was like, damn, you know, I'm not going to get to go home and see her. You know, that's, that's the toughest part. So for me, I get emotional about it because I just love her to death and I love both my kids. I love my family in general to death. So it's tough to, it's tough to let go and they're growing up and I want them to live a good, happy life. So uh, shout out to my wife. She's always trying to make me feel better. <laughs> I love you, Michelle, too. And I appreciate her. She's been so strong. And I, I know she feels the same way I do, but she's held it together better than I have, you know. But I'll never be embarrassed for feeling the way I do about, you know, my my daughter. My kids in general just leaving. I, I, uh, I just, I'm too attached. <laughs> and, you know, I, you want your kids to be there forever. And I just, I'm glad that she, she's in town. She's not far away. But, you know, like normally on a Thursday night, I get out of here after I'm done with the podcast and I literally walk out the door and she's usually sitting at the kitchen table and she always asks me how the podcast went and and then she talks to me about her day and stuff so you know it's rough not knowing that I'm not going to walk out to that so it's all right I'll make it I got to have a drink keep it going but I had to talk about it because like I said I've been leading up to it and uh you know, I knew it was gonna I knew it was coming, so I'm not sad. I'm just emotional seeing my little baby girl leave and and grow up and you know it's never real it's never real until it's real. So for me, it's real. It's real real right now. <laughs> so but the you know, last night she tells me don't forget, whenever you want to do a podcast, I'm down. I'm like, all right, we're going to make this work. We'll get our schedules together. She's busy. She's been working two jobs, busting her ass, making sure that she has herself financially situated to do something like this. And I'm very proud of her for staying on that path. You know, she was dedicated and and she knew what she wanted. So she went after it and, you know, she made it happen. So. I'm very happy for her, and I'm very proud of her. And I'll survive. <laughs> uh, and I get to see her this weekend. Hopefully, you know, I, I need to go help her with some stuff at her place. And that's the thing. She still needs me, and I, that makes me happy because, you know, as much as I love to teach them how to do everything and make sure that in case something bad happens, in case I can't be there, you know, they they have an idea of what to do or maybe not have to lean on other people and, you know, be able to do things for themselves and, and survive. And I believe that me and my wife have done a good enough job to let them go and, and know that they'll be okay. So again, I had to mention it, get past it. <laughs> so cheers to Trin, Tenet Trin. She's been on the podcast before. I love her to death. Good luck with everything. It's not like she's leaving out of town or anything like that. I'm going to, you know, but it, it, for me, it's, it's, you know, it's, uh, 
something I have to acknowledge. So here's the trend. Don't forget to follow her uh, everywhere on social media and subscribe to her YouTube channel and more importantly, her Twitch channel because as soon as she gets everything settled in, I know she's going to start streaming again. That's her passion. She's going to school for, uh, you know, gaming stuff and, and coding and everything like that. She's doing great. And so cheers to my daughter, Trinity. I love you, Trin, and keep doing it. Stay on that good path, and I'm always here for you. There we go. All right. It's over. The emotional stuff is over. Thank you again to my wife, Michelle. I love you. Thank you for supporting me and, you know, making me feel better always. So, but now we got to get down to some business and something I didn't prep ahead and I did don't have any visuals for, but I just watched right now because I actually got in here a little early and I was able to, uh, you know, sit down and kind of chill and, and like take it all in around me. Usually I'm in a rush. Usually I'm, you know, rushing around trying to hurry up and get ready and throw the thumbnail in and get the stream ready and all that good stuff. And this time I, I was ahead this week because I didn't know what the week was going to hold. I didn't know if I was going to have to help Trent with some stuff. And I wanted to make sure that I wasn't so preoccupied that I couldn't, you know, be in the moment for when she was here and finally saying, okay, uh, I'm leaving and this is, this is the time. So, <laughs> uh, so I had a lot of stuff prepped ahead of time and I, I did keeping my mind off things too. You know, I, I did uh, most of the stuff early, so I was way ahead of schedule, and I'm happy about that because it was a lot less stressful today. So uh, one of the things that I did while I sat here for the few extra minutes I had before I got started was I watched the trailer for McGregor Forever, which is the new docuseries on Conor McGregor uh, that came out on Netflix yesterday. said May 17th, so it should be out now. I don't know if anybody's seen it. Uh, if you have, let me know what you thought of any parts of it that you've seen. Otherwise, I believe it's a docu-series. I don't think it's like a, just a straight-up documentary. I think it's a series, different episodes. I didn't pay that much attention, but I knew it was coming out. But, dude, they they fucking pulled me in for sure. Like, that that's a damn good trailer. If you go watch the trailer on YouTube, it's good. The trailer's good. It, it gets you interested. It kind of gets you hyped, especially if you're a McGregor fan. So... Uh, I kind of had forgotten that it was on uh, yesterday or that it was released yesterday. So I just wanted to watch the full official trailer. I hadn't really watched it. So I just kept hearing about it and it's good. Uh, the trailer's good. So we'll see if the series is as good as the trailer hypes it up to be. Um, I'll be watching that soon for sure. So hopefully next week I'll have a little bit of a, you know, review type recap on that. But I don't know why my headphones are driving me crazy right now but anyway uh yeah so why go check that out you know it's out now on netflix and i know i will be you know leave a comment or something let me know what you think about it uh and yeah i'll be going over it next week so uh that was a little bit of stuff i wanted to get to before we get going but let's just get ready and dive in and get to some combat sports news some of the biggest news this week we got pfl with a big announcement the signing of francis the predator and ganu uh he signed with pfl for the mma portion of his career and i say that because as we all know if you've been following 
he is wanting to have a really big boxing match and uh you know with the likes of tyson fury anthony joshua deontay wilder whatever he can make happen uh that's that's uh what he's aiming for and that's part of the reason why he just went ahead and left the ufc because they couldn't come to agreements or they couldn't come to terms or whatever it was happening in the background they couldn't make it happen so uh, especially for the part that he of him boxing, you know, I'm sure they wanted to be a part of that and have a big chunk of that come out and and benefit them. So publicity enough is not enough for the UFC. Apparently, they got to make their they got to make their percentage off of things. And it's a business. It is what it is. But you know, notoriously, uh, the UFC doesn't like to play well with others when it comes to promotions. You know, McGregor was one thing, and they did it with uh, Mayweather promotions and and all that. But uh, it's not easy, and you got to be as big of a star as Conor McGregor to get away with that, and and to be able to take it and run with it. And from the get go, as soon as Ngannou became big and and a champ, right away Dana was like talking all this shit about how he's full of himself, he's in over his head, he's too demanding. Blah, blah, blah. You know, the same shit Dana likes to just go deep on and and talk shit about. So if it's not going his way and he doesn't like you, he's going to talk that shit. But I guess you got to be cutthroat when you're in a business like his. Uh, Not everybody's that way, but um, a lot of things came to light with this uh, free agency of Francis Ngannou. You know, there's a lot of shit was being talked. He was in talks with... So it seemed he was in talks with one championship, Bellator, and uh, BKFC. And none of them could get it done. Bellator, they didn't say much. They just said they weren't in the business of Francis Ngannou. That basically what he was asking for was unrealistic for what they were able to offer him. So that was out. And they were quiet about it. You know, I think Scott Coker kind of just, he just kind of uh, commented on it here and there but nothing crazy but then bkfc uh shit i just forgot his name the the head guy from bkfc he came out and said that Nganu just basically just uh outpriced himself he was asking for way too much money and they couldn't afford it so uh that was it for that you know and it, it sounded dope like of course you think of the big ass predator Francis Ngannou and a hearty hits damn near decapitating Elisir Overeem. <laughs> you think about that in a bare knuckle fight, that's pretty goddamn scary. So it didn't happen though, you know? They said uh, they couldn't meet his demands and that, that was it. They were out of the game. So then the next big talk and the biggest talk of them all, I, I think, was one championship. You know, Chatri Sichitong um, went everywhere saying that they were in talks with him that uh they were close to getting in getting a deal with him and making it happen but in the end it didn't happen and then he came out and talked shit about how uh his demands were too crazy his he was pricing himself too high blah 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 but you know francis came out and said that wasn't true at all that he pretty much already had his uh sights set on pfl the pfl was meeting all of his demands or at least being reasonable and rational with what they were countering with. So 
he kind of already yet but he's a nice guy from what he says he's a nice guy and he wanted to be a professional and entertain any other offers so he did but within that uh nobody could meet the demands or or come close to what pfl offered him and we're gonna go through the stuff that pfl offered him here uh because, you know, we got to go through what he got out of all this. <laughs> I don't have legit straight-up numbers or anything, but the gist of it, right? So some of what he was looking for, we'll get to listing in a minute. But he will be fighting in the Super Fight Division, the Pay-Per-View Super Fight Division. If you remember, a while back, Jake Paul signed with the PFL as well. And he talked about this Super Fight Division, uh, Pay-Per-View Super Fight Division. No details, nothing, nothing in depth, and you know it's been month, it's been what weeks, a month, a little over, whatever it was, uh, and we still haven't heard any details about all this, but and we haven't heard any updates from Jake Paul about what he's doing or anything like that, and I know that he's focused right now on the Nate Diaz fight. I'm sure they were focused on getting that fight put together, but we haven't heard anything, so it's a little bit in the dark what this super fight division is going to be pay-per-view super fight division so what i'm assuming is they're calling it this because that's where they're going to showcase their biggest stars jake paul um and anybody else now francis Ngannou, who knows whoever else is going to get uh showcased in that pay-per-view super fight division but i'm assuming they're not going to have as many events in that division because it is going to be a pay-per-view model and you know that's tough they don't they don't have the roster they don't have the clout that the ufc has to keep that pay-per-view to sustain that pay-per-view model and they just don't make the money off of it and they showed that you know their biggest one of their biggest stars the face of pfl for ever now was kayla harrison and they did a pay-per-view with her and she herself said it wasn't wasn't as lucrative as it should have been so with that this is why I think they have this pay-per-view super fight division. And usually when you hear super fight, you know, you're thinking this is going to be a big, big fight with big names. So they need to live up to that. And now they have one of the biggest names in MMA uh, overall. You know, some still say the baddest man on the planet. And we'll get to that because uh, he thinks that as well. And, you know, some say he's still the linear uh, heavyweight uh, world champion because he left he relinquished his belt he didn't lose it so uh, the belt was vacated and that was it so nobody's beat him yet uh, for that belt officially even though John Jones is now the official <laughs> UFC heavyweight champ so uh, some of the things though that Francis got which he said he didn't even have to fight for he said that um, some of this stuff was brought to him and, and, and was asked of him to be in these positions in the company for PFL. And PFL is known to include their fighters and, and be fair and pay their fighters and everything like that better than everyone else. Whether that's 100% true um, statistically and, and literally when, when it comes down to money, I don't know. I don't know that it's really been proven. I don't know. But either way, it's, it's you know, bringing people in and they say everyone has good things to say about the pfl so francis uh is going to join the pfl global athlete advisory board which is something that i think he wanted uh to be a part of something like that and this is one of the things that jake paul talked about 
when he made that announcement that I went over a while back. So he uh, is supposed, you know, he's going to be a part of the athlete advisory board, whatever that means. It hasn't been detailed. It hasn't. I, I don't believe it's been detailed anywhere. And if it has, I haven't read it yet. I haven't come across it. And, you know, if there was anything crazy in there that stood out, uh, it definitely would have been coming across all of the avenues that you get your news from, you know, any social media. I get it. I get all everything I hear about this is from, through social media or through any of the uh, other MMA podcasts I listen to. So, uh, um, yeah, I haven't heard anything. So I don't really know what that entails. But he's a part of that. Um, and he's also the chairman of PFL Africa because they are going to apparently do events in Africa or maybe they're just talking about getting talent from Africa because as we'll see here shortly they just um they just signed another African fighter a pretty big name and he's also from Cameroon but he lives in trains in Paris France or in France somewhere I don't know if it's Paris but it's in France somewhere uh, just like Francis has and and does. So I think Francis resides in Las Vegas now, or he at least trains there. But either way, he called his home France for a, a long time. So after he got out of Cameroon, just a little, <laughs> just a little uh, background there. So anyway, that's why he's going to be the chairman of PFL Africa. Again, don't know what that entails. Don't know what he's going to be doing, but that's part of what he's doing. And another big thing that he fought for was his opponents are going to have a base salary, a guarantee of $2 million whenever they fight him. Because he said, if you're going to pay me $2 million, you pay them $2 million. If you're going to pay me $6 million, you got to still pay them $2 million. That's, that's the lowest I'll go. And you have to agree to that. And that's, you know, that's kind of dope because he's helping out his opponent. If, it's a, if his opponent's name isn't worth $2 million, guess what? They get two mil anyway. That's part of the fucking deal. That's that's part of having Francis Ngannou there. So I think that's I think that's pretty dope, and I think that's a good stand-up thing for him to do. He's fighting for his peers, and regardless of everyone talking about him fumbling the bag and and fucking everything up, and you know being full of shit and not following through. I mean, he did it. That's really all there is to it. He fucking did it. Uh, he signed this deal. Uh, if everything's gonna f- follow through and happen then it's just gonna prove him right even more and make him look better he bet on himself is he gonna win i don't know is it we've yet to see that the only concerning thing is it says that he's not gonna make his debut for pfl until 2024 so we're only in hey uh we're not even halfway through the year so we have to wait six plus months before we get to see francis fight in MMA but my guess and what everyone else is talking about is the fact that he wants that big name boxing match uh that's going to get him the big money getting the get him the recognition and if he wins that boxing match I mean it's just going to look even better for him right so and he's going to get that money that's for goddamn sure especially fighting the likes of Tyson Fury or Deontay Wilder or Anthony Joshua three of the biggest names in heavyweight boxing right now yeah i mean make that happen right i just saw rumblings of him talking about things happening with anthony joshua after joshua's next fight 
I don't know. I'm assuming he's going to try to get that big boxing match sometime between now and the beginning of the year so that he's free and clear, healed up of whatever um, after that boxing match uh, to then debut in the PFL in 2024, whenever that might be. So something to look out for. But, uh, you know, of course, there's going to be uh, there's going to be pushback. And, and when you say big things about yourself and Francis had something to say. You know, he said, no matter what other promoters say, no matter what some fighters say, no matter what media says, who do you think is the baddest motherfucker on the planet? Me. Confidence. Um, and, you know, he uh, he didn't get beat for that belt. He still technically owns that belt, you know. Uh, but, of course, the present belt holder for the UFC heavyweight uh, division right now, John Jones, says calling yourself the baddest man on the planet from across the street who does that lol <laughs> and Engano did respond and said then cross the street then i was like god damn that's uh that's uh that's fire right there it's just spitting fire at each other and what's john jones gonna do he's already talking about retirement so yeah of course we all wanted that fucking fight of course we would love to see that fight still if Nganu makes his way back to the UFC, good. Make it happen. Don't do it too late, though. Don't wait too long. John Jones is already saying he doesn't have good enough competition. No need to keep doing this. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, but, you know, throwing fire at each other. And I like it. Uh, except they can't fight right now. It's not going to happen. So, unless some crazy twist of shit happens and Ngannou winds up back at the UFC which I doubt or John Jones decides to leave which I doubt uh, unless he retires and then if he retires the UFC there's no fucking way the UFC lets uh, John Jones go to the PFL without a fight so and he's wrapped up in a contract so it's wouldn't happen anyway so Francis Ngannou to the PFL for his MMA portion of his career yet to be determined what's going to happen with the boxing part because we all know that's what he's looking to do so we'll see how that unfolds and i'll be watching waiting and shit we got a long ways to go so something better happen <laughs> but what i was discussing before about the pfl signing another african fighter cedric uh Dumbe is a well-renowned well-decorated kickboxer uh but for the likes of glory kickboxing and other big kickboxing promotions and uh you know he's made a name for himself and they just signed him as a welterweight for the pfl sounds to me like he's going to be a part of the sounds to me like he wants to be a part of the tournament i don't know if they're gonna make him a part of the tournament that's happening you know every year but who knows especially with a big name like that and with, you know, he's he's 4-0 in MMA right now. Uh, fought in some, you know, different lower level, not so well-known organizations. But he's got four wins, zero losses. All his wins are by finish um, and by KO or TKO finish, that is. But he's a seven-time glory kickboxing world champion, 11-time kickboxing world champion all around, 100% finish rate in MMA career. So... You know, they got the uh, French flag there because, like I said, that's where he trains and resides and all that. But he is originally from Cameroon. So being that African fighter, you know, 
following uh not maybe not following but he's there now with francis Ngannou, one of the other biggest african names in uh combat sports and mma right now uh they're doing big things over at pfl now i just want to see it i just want to see it materialize and 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 just manifest itself into really big events and and you know when you watch the when you watch the events they they feel a little bit off um they have the smart cage but it doesn't seem to be as pronounced as it should be and you know if you look up the stats on their website they're not always there uh it doesn't it seems like a flawed system at the moment um and they've kind of done this since they started so they've been around for a little bit i don't know maybe i'm missing something they have kenny florian as a broadcaster who's an ex uh ufc uh title contender and you know well known in the ufc for his nasty elbows that he would throw his great jiu-jitsu and uh just his all-around you know grittiness in the cage so they have him there and the, you know that's that's a popular name to have uh as a broadcaster so like i said pfl doing big things we'll see where they go from here we'll see what uh cedric dumbe has to offer for uh mma uh fighting for the pfl and then we're just going to sit back and wait and see what other big things that uh, Nganu does before he actually makes his debut. So going from legit, <laughs> uh, full legit that everyone recognizes to, you know, the popular things right now. And if you're not as immersed in everything, maybe you're just watching this because they're YouTubers mostly, right? KSI is a YouTuber, uh, slash rapper, slash boxer. I mean, he's been boxing a lot, a lot more than everyone else in this, uh, you know, YouTuber era has been, <laughs> and he's been fighting bigger names too. Uh, so he fought Fournier. As you can see, he knocked him out, but the problem with this knockout was, and the controversy with this knockout is the fact that this is a, this is the finishing sequence now it doesn't look great it's kind of sloppy but watch here it is bam now that looked like a quick right hook but if you watch close when it plays again it was not a right hook he didn't even hit him with the glove he missed his face with the glove completely he fucking hit him with an elbow like an mma fighter would crack elbow to the chin not a bad shot at all muay thai mma you're good like, that's a damn good knockout. You did the right thing. But boxing, you can't do that shit, bro. You cannot do that. So, this was at KSI's actual uh, promotion, Misfits Boxing. And, you know, it's kind of a circus league type thing. They had some, like, 400-pound dudes boxing each other, who I guess are some pop pretty popular, I don't know if they were radio djs or podcasters i don't fucking know what they were it was just crazy but there's always some crazy shit happening at the beginning of these events and then it always leads up to ksi fighting some you know random decently known name in boxing or some other i don't know whatever's happening i don't even know who this dude is but uh yeah he got knocked the fuck out by an elbow so KSI said he was devastated when he realized that that's actually what happened. He thought that maybe the glove slipped off the chin and then the elbow came after. But either way, you threw a fucking elbow. That's what knocked him out. Kind of crazy. So that's what happened there. 
And then in the crowd, we, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, well, yeah, in the crowd, we had Tommy Fury. Here you go, jaw jacking at each other, right? Talking shit. I was going to play it, but you can't fucking understand what they're saying because Tommy Fury has an accent. KSI has an accent. Motherfuckers are just doing this shit, but you can't understand what they're saying. Either which way, they are, they're, they're fucking challenging each other to a fight because since Tommy Fury knocked out Jake Paul and KSI starts talking shit, saying I could have knocked out Jake Paul too, I'll knock out Tommy Fury. Tommy Fury doesn't take, you know, kindly to that. So now he's got something to say. And it probably doesn't help. He was all fired up because while the earlier fights were happening this night, he got into a fucking brawl himself going cage side like <laughs> oh i don't know if anybody knows who salt poppy is but that fool fought anthony johnson no that's rumble johnson's name anthony davis no i don't fucking know the dude's name but it's an actual boxer you know uh it's the dude that that hit dylan dennis in the parking lot i believe either way right after that fight happened this happened and this is with some other fucking dude that i I don't know, is from Love Island too. Tommy Fury is on Love Island UK. And this guy was on that cast as well. They went up talking shit. Some little Asian chicks down there screaming and yelling, pulling people off, getting in the middle of it. Uh, Tommy Fury's dad's in there. Not throwing any punches, but trying to hold people back and shit. Uh, I don't think he realized it was his son in the brawl until, you know, a little bit after. Either way, they obviously left Tommy Fury alone and let him return. Because he wound up getting in the cage and facing off with KSI, which we just saw. So, yeah, craziness, man. Um, I didn't even realize that this was going on this past weekend. That's why I didn't talk about it before. Plus, KSI, whatever. I mean, some people say he's doing more than what Logan and Jake are doing. But Logan and Jake are fighting bigger names. And I feel like KSI is just kind of trying to really bring himself up and see what he can do in boxing. So, who knows? But, yeah, this shit... Circus in the ring, circus out of the ring, man. And then and then you get the crazy face-offs and all that shit. Misfits boxing, I don't know. It seems to be entertaining. So if you just want to be entertained and watch some crazy shit that looks like some world star hip-hop fucking street fights, maybe tune in. I don't know. <laughs> Either way, I don't even know how to watch this shit. All I know is I hear about it going on. KSI's been making a name for himself out there. And shit like this happens, so... I gotta cover it, you know, it's just, it's entertainment, sometimes that'll just bring people in, so fuck it, right, I mean, whatever, but as we're on the Fury family, let's talk about something that I just saw today, apparently, Tyson Fury decided to go off on Joe Rogan, because a while back, Joe Rogan said, uh, on his podcast, I guess he was talking to Andrew Schultz, and he said, you don't want to talk about Who's the baddest man on the planet? If John Jones and Tyson Fury are locked into a room, I'm pushing all of my chips on black, which maybe you should have watched your words a little bit there, Joe, because that doesn't sound good when you're talking about a white dude and a black dude and you say you're pushing all your all your chips on black. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I was just fucking around, you know, people talk shit saying Rogan's a racist, but it's just a funny thing that, to say when you're talking about these two. But he goes on to say, Tyson Fury is an amazing boxer. He doesn't have a fucking chance in hell making it out of that room. So, uh, Tyson Fury says, I haven't been on, haven't been on social media much. 
and I just found out that Rogan said this, and here we go. He says, I heard Joe Rogan say something about me, and I've been off all, all the social medias and didn't reply to that little pussy, little fucking midget, bald-headed midget. Not a man born from a mother could fuck me up in a room on your own. Whatever happens in that room, I'd be walking out. Not a fucking problem. So, he's pissed off. <laughs> so, you know... Uh, he's pissed off, and I think he should have just maybe taken it up with Joe, like, fucking hit him up and be all, what the fuck are you saying, man? You know, Joe would have straightened it out because Joe's got a level head. He's not going to sit here and fucking have a, some fucking Twitter, Instagram beef with Tyson Fury. Like, what the fuck? He says it himself all the time. People are like, you could kick the shit out of anybody. And he's like, yeah, but I'm not going to fight a professional fighter. Like, I'm fucking 50 whatever years old, like. He can still kick the shit out of some stuff, but uh, he doesn't want to do that. He's, he's said it before. So, you know, Tyson Fury's got his panties in a bunch because of something Joe Rogan said fucking weeks ago, months ago, whatever it was. And you know the self-proclaimed baddest man on the planet. But according to Joe, he is too. Had something to say. Mr. Johnny Twitterfingers, Johnny Bones Jones. Hey, Tyson. It seems like Joe may have struck a nerve. I'll admit, there's no one touching you in that ring right now. But let's not let that confuse you with what would happen if you stepped foot in my cage. If you ever want to put some of those questions, if you ever want to put some of those questions you got going on to rest, give Dana a call. I'll help you out. So, sounds like a challenge for MMA. And considering Tyson Fury has already said that he would entertain an MMA fight and talked to Francis Ngannou before about doing the boxing match that they want to have in a cage with four ounce gloves and possible mixed rule set. It could happen. Maybe uh, if Tommy Fury decides to, you know, keep being a little soft ass and get upset about everything, maybe he'll want to step in a cage. Maybe somebody will get him there and maybe John Jones is the one to get him there. Maybe this is all uh, perpetrated by Joe Rogan by <laughs> just random circumstance. So who knows? But yeah, I thought it was pretty interesting. Crazy shit going down. Tommy Fury getting pissed off. I mean, Tyson Fury. Tommy Fury also, though, getting pissed off and fighting. Crazy shit. Anyway, little recap real quick. BKFC 42. I actually sat down and watched some of this event. It's a fucking Tyler Goodjohn. That dude looks like he's crispy to the core. Been out in the sun too long. Like, this fool was definitely a construction worker or a landscaper at some point because he looks like he's been out in the sun a lot. Um, He also has a crazy accent. Fucking crazy tattoos, as you can see in this picture. He's the dude on the right, if you didn't know who I was talking about. But he fought Tony Soto, and Tony Soto... It's weird. He's like from Virginia or some shit, but he's like straight Mexican looking like he just got out the fucking penitentiary as well. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I always say that about these fools, but that's what they look like. I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Anyway, I watched it. Uh, wasn't too bad. You know, I was also, I covered last week uh, Andy Wen fighting Sydney Smith. And Andy Wen did not look good. Or, or I'm sorry. Yeah, she. Yeah, she lost, right? The fuck? Did I just screw that up? No, she she lost. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a unanimous decision. Man, I just got twisted up in my head with what I was talking about. Andy Wen lost to Sydney Smith by decision. So, uh, she just didn't look like her normal self that she's looked at BKFC. And it just kind of sucks because she just lost in Gamebred Boxing is or Gamebred Bare Knuckle Boxing as well. Or did she win there? Fuck. Now I can't remember. I believe she lost. Yeah, she lost to B-Win. Yep. So, now she's got two losses in a row. After she was doing well in the BKFC, I think she was 2-0 in BKFC. So, other than that, you know, all the rest of these fights kind of blended together. They all kind of looked the same. You know, we had that uh, main event, unanimous decision, KO, KO, unanimous decision, KO, no contest, TKO, TKO, TKO. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of finishes. It's not bad. The entire prelim card was TKO finishes. So, you know... There's going to be a lot of TKO finishes when it comes to bare knuckle because people get cut up and it's just kind of what happens. So staying on that BKFC tip, though, we got an upcoming event, BKFC 43 tomorrow night. You can watch on the BKFC app, uh, free prelims on YouTube, which is where I started watching it last week because it was on kind of early and we were just kind of waiting around on, uh, what was it, Friday yeah, it was Friday last week. Um, waiting around, kind of killing time. Me and my older daughter's boyfriend, Dylan. What's up, Dylan? If you're watching. Uh, we, we sat and watched this crazy shit. And uh, yeah, I, I caught some of it. Not too bad. It was probably more BKFC fights than I've seen altogether. Uh, but anyway, this week, we have another event. BKFC 43 in Omaha, Nebraska, which happens to be the hometown of one of the main event fighters, which is Houston Alexander, ex-UFC fighter. Pretty scary dude back in the day uh, in the UFC. He's quite a bit older now. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's still doing the damn thing in fighting bare knuckle. He's fucking 51. Holy shit, I did not know he was that old. God damn. 51 fighting bare knuckle. Fucking, that's nuts. Anyway, <laughs> he's fighting Jeremy Smith who is 3-1 in BKFC, and uh, he's fucking 28. We got a 51-year-old fighting a 28-year-old. That's tough. <laughs> that is tough. But also on the card, uh, we got uh, another former UFC fighter, Dakota Cochran. Uh, he is 4-2, and two, and he is fighting, let's see, who, what's his opponent's name? Uh, oh shit, I just fucked up. Oh, it says it right there in front of me. Adam Cutter, I don't know who that is. He's three and five in the BKFC, so that tells you a lot. But Noah Cutter, I'm sorry, what did I say, Adam? I don't know, my eyes fucked with my, yeah, fucked with me there. Noah Cutter, and then, uh, not too sure about the rest of these guys, except when you get to the woman fight, which is Taylor Starling versus... Uh, Jade Masson Wong. So, anybody out there looking for that uh, OnlyFans fight this week? <laughs> you got two of them right here. OnlyFans showcased in BKFC. Uh, Taylor Starling. Look her up. You can find her pretty easy. Killer B. She uh, is 3-1 in the BKFC. And she's ranked number two right now in women's flyweight. Uh, against... Another OnlyFans per <laughs> OnlyFans girl. Um, 
Jade, Jade Wong, Jade Masan Wong. If you're looking for her, that's how you'll find her. Don't tell me. Don't ask me how I know. Okay, I just fucking know. <laughs> but uh, she's one in one in BKFC. So I mean, these are two pretty good looking chicks. Just uh, bare knuckle boxing, uh, kind of dope. So yeah, I'll be excited to see how that goes. Uh, Jade Wong is coming off a loss though, and uh. Taylor Starling is coming off a loss as well, I think. Yep. But she lost to the current champ. So, yeah, that should be exciting. And, you know, um, go support them on OnlyFans. If they lose, they might need that money. I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, the, the Rumble guys know what I'm talking about. What the fuck? <laughs> anyway, moving on. Let's get to a recap of... Uh, UFC on ABC4. Jarzinho Rosenstruck versus uh, Jelton Almeida. Not too bad of a card. Um, you know, it seemed like it was... seemed like it was trying to be stacked, but it really wasn't. So it was kind of weird. Uh, starting at the bottom, Jessica Rose Clark. Unfortunately, I, I, you know, I talked about her a little bit. And, uh, I... You know, leading up to this fight, and I was talking about how she kind of needed this win because she was on a two-fight losing streak. So uh, she needed to get that win so she didn't make it three in a row. And unfortunately, she got she got beat uh, by rear naked choke in the third round uh, by Tynara Lisboa. She was kind of a beast. Um, she worked. Jessica Rose Clark for sure, and she definitely earned that win. So sucks for Jessica Rose Clark. She's already she's done for. She's out of the UFC. Um, so yeah, good luck to her, and hopefully she finds a home somewhere if she wants to continue fighting and maybe make her way back up to the UFC. Um, also on that undercard, Brian Battle versus Gabriel Green. That was a pretty exciting fight. 14 seconds in the first round. Uh, Brian Battle gets the win by KO. Gabriel Green just came out like a fucking, like a goddamn banshee and just went nuts and got caught. I mean, it was a rock'em, sock'em, robots type fucking fight. 14 seconds later, Brian Battle gets the win. Brian Battle, by the way, cut his hair and dyed it fucking white, old, blonde, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Looks weird. He looks like a whole different dude. He was super emotional after the fight. Not sure why. I think he was kind of on a losing streak and decided, or, or probably knew that he he was only had one loss. Uh, but I think it was kind of a loss he wasn't happy about. So he just wanted to get the win and he got it. So in a big way too. 14 seconds in the first round. Like, goddamn. Um, and then you had uh, Chase Sherman losing to Carl Williams by unanimous decision. Again, Chase Sherman out of the UFC. So that sucks. Uh, I believe that was his only his second loss in a row. But out of his last four, five, six, seven fights, he was one and one and six. So that's not good. And his only win, I mean, fuck, yeah. Either way, done for, out. And then the I think one of the most exciting fights, especially on the undercard, but I think overall. Uh, excuse me. Oh, man. Crazy hiccups. What the hell's going on? <clears throat> oh. Ooh. 
That was weird. Um, what was this? Oh, Matt Brown. Matt Brown versus Court McGee. First round KO for Matt Brown. Looking just like a fucking beast. As usual, you know. I thought this was going to be a pretty exciting fight because of the fact that Matt Brown versus Court McGee. I mean, these fools just get out there and throw. And throw caution in the wind. Throw hands. Throw bows. Everything. <laughs> so they fucking... They went at it, and uh, Matt Brown came out the victor with the KO. So, moving on to the main card, though. Uh, we had Alex Morono versus Tim Means. And, you know, Morono came out to fight, man. I'll say that much. I watched this fight, and I was just like, God damn, this fool is here to win. And Tim Means just did not look like he knew what to do. So, I mean, Morono was coming off a loss to uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio. But before that, he was on a four-fight win streak, beating, starting with Donald Cerrone, who he beat pretty decisively in the first round by TKO. Uh, David Zawada, Mickey Gall, and Matthew Semmelsberger were his other wins before he lost to Ponzinibbio. And now he got this win back in the win column against Tim the Dirty Bird Means, which, you know, not a bad... Not a bad win, um, and not a bad name to do it off of. Tim Means is a little bit older, but, you know, he's he's definitely a respected fighter. But this makes his third loss in a row in the UFC, and that's not good. Uh, but he lost against Kevin Holland, Max Griffin, and now Alex Morono. So it's not like he's losing to a bunch of punks. Uh, but unfortunately, between his age and now his record, it's not good. So... Uh, Morono got that win by sub in the second round. And, you know, he locked up that tight guillotine and got the win. So, uh, moving on, though, we had Carlos Olberg versus Ihor Pretoria. And, uh, Carlos Olberg got the win. TKO punches in the first round. So, this kick was the start of a sequence that, uh, wound up getting him that win. Um, and then another pretty big fight and another exciting one. D-Rod, Daniel Rodriguez versus Ian Gary. You know, D-Rod came out swinging, um, looking like he wanted that win for sure. Against, you know, the hype train of Ian Gary right now. But Ian Gary wasn't having that shit. Um, you know, he got that pretty nasty head kick there across the fucking chin, back of the... Back of the ear rapping. I mean, that was a nasty kick. And that led to him getting that TKO uh, in the first round. Here's the finish with that head kick that let it off. Knocked him down, jumped on top, and finished with some ground and pound. D-Rod just didn't have an answer for that, man. That head kick was too much. So... Nasty head kick by Ian Gary kept his um kept his uh winning streak alive. So that puts him at one, two, three, four, five. Five and zero in the UFC. Undefeated. Twelve and zero all all you know overall in MMA. So still undefeated. Ian Gary. I think he's gonna be a pretty big star, so you wanna keep an eye out for him. You know, he talks the talk and walks the walk and He's got some swag about him, and with that Ian Machado Gary, that Machado mixed in there, um, you know, famous uh, jiu-jitsu practitioners, 
that he's now a part of the family married into. You know, he's got that going for him. So you know he's got good jujitsu. And with that, he's also got these crazy strikes and he's getting the finishes. So he's keeping that undefeated streak alive. And he did a damn good job with this fight. And then moving on to uh, Johnny Walker versus Anthony Smith. You know, Anthony Smith came out kind of flat. Didn't really look like he knew what to do uh, on his walkout. It was like, oh, yeah, he's ready to go. But I don't know. He just couldn't seem to get it going. Couldn't seem to get a good just flow, I guess. And, you know, Johnny Walker took advantage, you know, worked on those legs like he always does. You know, Johnny Walker has some strong leg kicks and he always breaks people down with them. But he did fight a little more of a conservative fight this time. You know, he usually comes out doing crazy shit, Capoeira type kicks and fucking uh, just high flying, you know, energy wasting kind of strikes. But he came out a little more reserved this time, a little more level headed. But, you know, he still went about doing some of the crazy shit he does. This looks like a crazy ass sequence with Johnny Walker being kind of horizontal <laughs> while throwing that kick which is pretty crazy um any i mean he landed it kind of to the body so uh and then you know the patented flying knee always a photo mo you know a, a photogenic moment there with that flying knee props whoever got this pick and then of course um just by judging all, judging by all this you could tell you know johnny walker got the win by unanimous decision and, you know, something weird did happen in the middle here, though. Anthony Smith got all PTSD or something on us and uh, or on Johnny Walker. And he starts he starts saying in the middle of one of the rounds, he's like, you're attacking my family. And Johnny Walker's like, what? And he goes, you're attacking my family. Johnny Walker's like, the fuck is this dude talking about? Like, is he about to go nuts on me? And he didn't. That's what was kind of weird. Like... He says that, and you know, I don't know if you know the story, but a while back, Anthony Smith had to fight off a home invader, like the, some crazy dude just came into his house and, you know, threatened his family, and 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 Anthony Smith had, and he said he thinks he was on like PCP or some shit because the dude like was stronger than he looked, and against a you know high level UFC or high level MMA fighter in general. And that dude was hard to take down and hard to hold down, Anthony Smith said. So, I don't know what happened. Maybe he's finding a way to hype himself up and get into the fight. But, yeah, he said that out loud in the middle of the fight. And Johnny Walker and everyone else was like, what the fuck? So, I don't know. I'm waiting to hear what he, uh, you know, how he reacts to that. But it was kind of crazy. So, uh, yeah. Um, hopefully he doesn't have all like, like legit have PTSD from that. I, I mean, maybe it was just a tactic he was trying to use to get himself a little more hyped up, get that adrenaline going, but it was a little out there. So, <laughs> but, uh, in the main, uh, in the main event, um, it did not go good for Rosenstruck. Uh, it was a round one finish by submission for Jelton Almeida. And, you know, he got it started quick. He put it on. Rosenstruck right away bum rushed him didn't Jarzinho didn't have an answer for him didn't have a good defense and then got taken down and ultimately got submitted and here's the finish for Jelton Almeida with that nasty deep fucking choke too rear naked with the hooks in 
Jairzinho had no chance. So, uh, man, Jalton Almeida's looking like they're calling him the Brazilian Khabib for the heavyweight fucking division. So, kind of crazy. We'll see what he does with it. I mean, he's definitely got the talent and he's got the skill. Uh, and if he keeps beating big guys and big names like this with Jairzinho, um, he can go somewhere, man, and he could be fighting John Jones before you know it if John Jones sticks around. And that could be an interesting fight. So that's it for UFC on ABC4. Uh another one, another recap here. We'll get to Bellator 296 because there was some interesting stuff happening there. You know, I covered it in the in, in a preview last week. One of the bigger fights happening over the weekend. Uh, we had Gegard Musasi versus Fabian Edwards, who is the brother of uh, current uh, welterweight champ uh, Leon Edwards of the UFC. So, and then Brett Primus versus Barnawi Mansar Barnawi. I can't, I can't, I keep fucking that dude's name up. I don't know. I can't seem to get it down. But either way, uh, Brett, uh, Brett Primus. Fucking, hold on. Messing my stuff up over here. Brent Primus won unanimous decision against Barnawi. He did defend this choke, but ultimately got the loss in the five-round fight. So that puts uh, Primus up there in the win column again because he, he was coming off a loss. So he's kind of had a weird record as of late, you know. Uh, since he fought, he fought Michael Chandler twice in a row, one win, one loss to him. Then got a couple wins, strung a couple together for wins. Got a loss, win, loss, win. So that's kind of how his record's been going recently. But, you know, maybe this win will get him on a streak. And, you know, he'll do a little better. Keep it going. As for Edwards and Musasi, you know, they had a good back and forth. Seemed like a decent fight in the beginning. Musasi looked a little flat, though, unfortunately. And, uh... Edwards just was able to get in there and and do the damn thing against Gegard, which is not an easy opponent. And, he, you know, he dug in with the body. I mean, Edwards just looks like a specimen, man. That dude is ripped. And he's 12-2 and two against Gegard, who's 49-9. and nine. It's like, God damn. Uh, that's a hell of a record. But uh, Edwards is just a younger fighter, man. Like, it's, it's tough. I don't know. How much more Gegard has in him? Uh, let's see. Yeah, I mean, Fabian Edwards is only 30 years old against Gegard, who has got to be almost 40 by now. Yeah, he's 37, but he's had so many fucking fights. He's been in so many wars, and, you know, he just couldn't put it together, and Fabian Edwards got the win, which seems to be set up for a title shot against uh, Johnny Eblen who everyone's high on right now. Uh, crazy wrestler, got good good strikes, and has just been a kind of a phenom lately. So, yeah, that's a big fight that they've, I think, already set a date for even. I think it's going to happen in September. Uh, Fabian Edwards didn't look too phased, really, after this fight. So, he had a pretty, you know, pretty good face-off in the, in the cage after the fact. Uh, but... Yeah, that looks like it could be a pretty good matchup down the road. We'll see what happens with that. Um, moving on, 
so, something that doesn't usually happen. I got a couple of boxing fights to cover this week. Starting with Katie Taylor versus uh oh shit. Why did I I uh Chantel Cameron? I knew it started with a C. <laughs> uh yeah, this is uh so this is a big fight because it's happening in Ireland, in Dublin, Ireland, where Katie Taylor is from. And she has been talking about fighting back in Dublin for a long time now. And I only know about Katie Taylor because Ariel Hawani makes a really big deal about her, talking about how great of a boxer she is and how humble and great of a person she is as well. And she's proven that to be true completely. And, you know, I, I didn't know much about Katie Taylor. I kept hearing her name here and there, you know, because she is a great boxer. And, you know, but with Ariel out there just singing her graces like is hard to ignore and then the more and more i looked into her the more and more i heard about her you know she's definitely a great person everything that ariel you know expressed about her is correct so she's 22 and 0 against chantel cameron who is 17 and 0 um katie taylor's the slight favorite at minus 180 versus Cameron, who's a underdog at plus 140. And uh, Chantel Cameron is, you know, from England. But like I said, Katie Taylor from Ireland, Dublin specifically. And that's where they are fighting for the Undisputed Super Lightweight Championship. And if you don't know, Super Lightweight is... I don't even know. That's the problem. I was hoping that it said right here. <laughs> and it doesn't. So I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know boxing weight classes. It's it's tough. They have a lot of in-betweens and, and stuff like that. So it's it's hard to... It's hard for me to know. I can't keep up with all of it. Either which way. 22-0 versus 17-0. Katie Taylor. Uh, She has... Ah, Jesus. I just totally hit the wrong button. Let me fix it. Let me find it. I gotta go through all my shit and close that. Okay, there it goes. Ah, shit, I closed the wrong one. <laughs> well, here we go. This is what... Nope, that's not what I meant to bring up. Oh my goodness. I'm fucking myself all up here. I got way too comfortable. Let me find it. There we go. I got ahead of myself. So, as you can tell... They both are champs, multiple champs. Uh, look at all those belts. I don't, I don't understand boxing and all their belts. There's so many different organizations, I guess, or fucking. I, I don't even know what it is. Boxing's crazy, and you'll see that again here in a minute when I go over the other boxing match I was talking about. But uh, it says they're. It's so somehow. I guess they're fighting for one of Chantel Cameron's titles because it says that Katie Taylor is the challenger and Chantel Cameron is the champ. So I don't really know what the hell all that's about. Oh, their weight is 140. That's what super lightweight is. I knew I saw it somewhere. Title on the line, undisputed female super lightweight title held by Cameron at the moment. So there it is. But Katie Taylor on Tapology is predicted 90% to win over Cameron. So 
she's definitely the favorite in everyone's eyes but uh little bit here to look at you know cameron like i said 17 and 0 pretty big punches good left hand i mean those are some pretty good shots right there and then of course you got katie taylor oh, jesus i'm just screwing things up left and right as you can see i did it again but that's right i'm gonna leave it this time so katie taylor that that's a big shot if you can't tell by the look on her opponent's face there <laughs> And then you've got, oh shit. Well, there you go. Katie Taylor. Just a little bit of what she can do. Uh, I always trip out on these pictures with the way that the, the person's face that just got hit looks in that like kind of slow motion or still frame shot that looks like you just watched it happen in slow-mo. <laughs> so anyway, Katie Taylor is the favorite. This has been a pretty big lead up to this fight. I don't know what's happening on the undercard. I don't think it's anything of note. Uh, Dennis Hogan versus James Metcalf. Harry Harper. Uh, I don't know who any of these people are. So I can't, you know, I can't really speak on them. But moving on to another big boxing match that's happening this weekend. Devin Haney versus Vasily Lomachenko. And that is two names that I'm sure you've heard before. So... And actually, Vasil Lomachenko, I think is how you say his name. I don't know why I always say this. I don't know. Fuck, it's hard. Lomachenko, Loma. That's why they put Loma on the poster. If they abbreviate it on the poster, it's for a reason. Because it's fucking tough to say. It's a long-ass name. But these two are fighting for the undisputed lightweight title. Uh, main event for the, at 135. And... Devin Haney is 29-0, so undefeated, putting that undefeated record up against Lomachenko, who has some of the best footwork in boxing, um, according to almost everybody. And on top of that, you know, uh, he, I guess he has that footwork because his dad took him out of boxing and everything else and put him in, like, some kind of dance, ballet-type class to work on his footwork, and that's why he's so good at it, which is pretty crazy. Um, but that's dedication there to make your son better at what he does because he knew that that footwork is going to get him far. So he's put the work in for sure. But uh, like I said, he's boxing's crazy with the belts, and those all the belts are so ugly. I don't I don't understand it. The WBC belt is okay, I guess, but these belts are just crazy. But it's you know tradition, man. Like there's. There's nothing more you can say that's that's boxing for you. So, uh, both these guys have a ton of belts, and you'll see Loma's picture with all his belts in a minute. But, you know, you got Devin Haney with, you know, fantastic hands, you know, heavy hands, good strikes, good strikes like there's anything else, good boxing in general. I forget that I'm talking about boxing. I don't know a ton about boxing. But I do know when I see, uh, when I hear about a good fighter and I look into him and see everything he's done, 29 and 0 record, you know, all those first fights are build up fights, whatever you want to call it. But either way, he's still undefeated. And he's got really good punches, you know, good boxing to back up all the hype. And we'll see how he does against Lomachenko, who, again, with all the belts, 
I, I don't understand any of them. It doesn't matter. It's it's cool that they take a picture with all the belts, and I heard them talking about all the belts that uh, that uh, Katie Taylor's gonna have if she gets that win this weekend. So we'll look out for that picture. Um, and here's a, just a little bit of Lomachenko with some big heavy punches, and you know just doing work. Look at that picture, man! Holy fuck! It reminds me of like the Frankie Edgar and Tony Ferguson pictures of them getting head kicked, knocked out. Head kick knockouts um, against them, and they, you know, caught the picture of right as the foot hit the face. Those are pretty nuts. Go check those out. Uh, it looks kind of like this. So um, apparently, this was from kind of a comeback fight for Lomachenko when he after one of his losses that uh, you know he lost kind of in a fashion he didn't want to lose. Didn't think he should have lost that fight, but. Uh, Oh, that was against, he lost against Teofimo Lopez in a unanimous decision uh, back in 2020. So then he fought Masayoshi Nakatani, who I guess his name nickname is Tekken here. But either way, it's a nasty punch. Great picture. Uh, but yeah, that about wraps that up for the boxing. So check out boxing this weekend. I couldn't tell you where the hell everything is happening at or whatever, but I'm sure you can find it. I'll be waiting and watching for the decision, you know, the decisions. I'll be waiting and watching the highlights and watching the results from all this uh, because I've, you know, like I said, I kind of got into it a little bit and wanted to look things up and, you know, dug in a little on all these fighters and some of it I kind of already knew. So either way, uh, check it out this weekend. A lot of boxing going on. Bare knuckle and fucking traditional boxing happening this weekend. Tomorrow's BKFC, and I believe both these boxing fight matches are happening on Saturday. So, moving on to the main event of everything always. For me, it's the UFC. And this week, the women are on the forefront. Mackenzie Dern versus Angela Hill for the strawweight belt. In the main event. Five rounds. You know, we got a kind of a striker versus grappler type. But Mackenzie Dern has been putting in work with the, with striking as well. And Angela Hill definitely has good submissions. You don't want to let her tie you up and get on your back. But she'll put that choke in and sink it. So, um, not a lot of big names on this, on this card. But notables would be Chase Hooper is on the undercard versus Nick Fior. Uh, Chase Hooper making a comeback. He's been out for a little bit. Um, last fight was in 2022, October last year. Uh, but he lost before that. Oh, he fought twice last year. So not too long of a layoff, but, you know, it's been a minute. And uh, coming off that loss to Steven Garcia, uh, we'll see if he can get back in the win column. And then also Alir Latifi fighting uh, Rodrigo Nascimento. Latifi is coming off a loss as well. Nope, coming off a win against Alexi Olenek. He's on a two-fight win streak, actually. And Rodrigo is coming off a win against Tanner Bozer as well. So both of them have beat Tanner Bozer. 
recently. So that should be a pretty decent fight happening at heavyweight, which Alir Latifi actually fought as low as like middleweight at one point in time. And he just kept moving up. And then we got Karolina Kovalkiewicz. Uh, she was a former title contender versus Vanessa Dimopoulos. Um, Kovalkiewicz is coming off of a two wins, actually, against Felice Herrig and Silvana Juarez, Gomez Juarez. And then, which that was just in November. Uh, let's see, against Vanessa Dimopoulos, who is... Kind of crazy. She wrote a book called The Stripper Bible because she is an ex-stripper. And uh, yeah, she takes a lot of pride in that. And she's just a crazy little chick. Uh, she, every she's won, A couple times that she's won, she's jumped into Joe Rogan's arms and Michael Bisping's arms after her win during her post-fight uh, post uh, interview in the cage is kind of funny. Rogan's reaction was hilarious. But she's on a three-fight win streak, uh, beating uh, Silvana Gomez Juarez as well, uh, Jen Frey and Maria Oliveira. So they both have not fought since November. That should be a pretty decent fight. Karolina Kovalkiewicz uh, is a great fighter, but Demopoulos is on the come-up. 14-7 and seven versus 9-4 and four, uh, for the records, and they'll be fighting in strawweight. Then we got, uh, yeah, that's it. And then moving on to the main card, we have Diego Ferreira versus Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson coming back from a win against Mark Casey in December. I knew he fought recently, but I couldn't remember when it was. He actually fought, damn, he fought three times in 2022. I didn't think he fought that much. But he's kind of had, oof, his record's not great. In his last four, five, six, in his last seven fights, he's two and five. So that's not good. Uh, spanning all the way back from 219. And his only wins again are against Alan Patrick and Mark D. Casey. So yeah, he needs to get a good win here against Diego Ferreira. And uh, Diego is... Coming off a win. Nope. He's on a three-fight losing three fight losing streak. God damn. No wonder they're at the bottom of the card. But they're still on the main card. <laughs> I'm not gonna talk shit. But uh I mean Ferreira lost against Mateus Gamrot last fight. Uh before that it was Gregor Gillespie and Benil Dariush. So yeah, I mean he was on a losing streak to big names. Uh, and he hasn't fought since 2021. So he's coming back to see if he can beat Michael Johnson. Um, yeah, like I said, since 2021, I mean, he's got some heavy hands, you know, uh, going backwards and getting a knockout like that twice. Pretty crazy. Uh, against Michael Johnson, who we, I'm sure you know by now, but he's got heavy hands as well. And, you know, he's always... He's, he's been involved in a lot of big fights. Um, he just can't ever seem to put it together. Like I was saying, like, he's got a lot of potential, but for some reason, he always just gets in this losing streak and can't seem to get it together. It sucks. Because I like the dude, but 
anyway moving on to what'll probably be a little bit more of an exciting fight i think but you never know that first fight on the main card sometimes winds up being the best but uh if they fight like they have been those two might not put on the best of fights but andre fialo versus joaquin buckley should be pretty damn good fialo is 16 and 6 joaquin buckley is 15 and 6 andre fialo uh is let's see damn coming off two losses so there's a lot of people coming off a loss in this fucking card um not a lot of notable stuff here but but it was in 2022 so he hasn't fought since november either joaquin buckley though went viral with one of his uh one of his finishes which would be this one right here with that crazy jumping spin spinning back kick i don't know his opponent caught one of his kicks so he improvised and did a damn good job of it but he's also coming off of two losses Nasruddin Imavov and uh, Chris Curtis. He hasn't fought since December either. So it looks like all these guys that have, all these fighters that have been losing um, are kind of put on this card for their first fights this year. Uh, but, you know, Joaquin Buckley said he's sick of losing. I, I saw that quote, and he, you know, he's coming in here to get a big win again. And, you know, get back on a good streak instead of having these losses so moving on to another woman's fight emily dakota versus lupita godinez or lupi godinez she likes to be called and this should be a pretty good fight lupi godinez is always involved in a pretty good fight emily dakota is uh coming off a loss to angela hill who is the main event part of the main event this uh this week but she this is from her win against jessica penne you know she was on a four fight win streak before losing to angela hill in december of last year and that was by decision um her other wins were a mix of tko ko and decision so she beat juliana lima danielle taylor and jessica penne not bad and i believe her and uh Lupi Godinez have Jessica Penne as a common opponent. Yep, here's Lupi throwing Jessica, which is pretty impressive. Lupi Godinez is nine and three. Uh she's coming off a win against Cynthia Calvillo. So this is the first fighter in like five that I've said is actually coming off a win. Before that, she also lost to Angela Hill, who is fighting in the main event of this card. So they both have a couple of opponents in common, both with wins and losses to the same ones. And uh, yeah, we'll see how this how this fight shapes out because it looks like both of them like to scrap and are pretty decent fighters and are ready to come out and get that win. So I don't know a ton about Dakota. I've seen Godinez fight a couple times. Shouldn't be too bad of a fight, hopefully. But you never know. So uh, let's move on to Edmund Shabazian versus Anthony Hernandez. Shabazian used to uh, used to train with the same uh, trainer that uh, trained Ronda Rousey, and he was actually a training partner of Ronda Rousey. So near the end of her career, she kind of 
highlighted him a bit and he was always known for being a training partner of hers but he is oh no I pressed the wrong one again i hate myself i don't know what the hell's wrong with me today i'm just like pressing the wrong buttons getting ahead of myself but edmund shabazian with that nasty head kick against uh tavares um that was brad tavares but after this fight and that nasty head kick uh he was on a one two three four fight win streak ending with brad you know brad tavares was the last of that win streak then he went on a three fight losing streak which is not good against Derek brunson jack hermanson and nasradim imabov and then he got came back with a win so he's coming off a win right now against dolce Lungiambula. damn and that was in december <laughs> but uh yeah that was a nasty head kick to brad tavares here and i th kind of thought i was like damn he's on a four fight win streak and he just got this crazy win you know he's definitely gonna keep keep that rolling and he didn't he went on that three fight losing streak so you know maybe now it's time to get that win streak going again and uh he's gonna be trying to do that against anthony hernandez who has some this crazy crazy uh fucking takedown throw on this dude's head man that that looks like it hurt that could not have been good but that was a uh that was a win for him uh let's see shit i'm not sure which fight that was either way he's on a three fight win streak right now so shabazian has his work cut out for him with alex hernandez uh i guess his nickname is fluffy which is kind of funny i guess he's a uh gabriel iglesias fan maybe but uh yeah he's coming off that th three fight win streak so we'll see who comes out on top on that one and then getting to the main event of this card i'm trying to make sure i don't press the wrong fucking button again like i've done like three times today angela i mean uh mckenzie dern versus angela hill now mckenzie dern for those of you that care it is coming off what sounds like a not so fun and friendly divorce <laughs> um so yeah i i watched the whole thing on her you know in some crazy training and it looks like she's ready to kill a motherfucker uh to get to you know get out some aggression about this uh not so great divorce that she's had that she's been going through lately and you know she's a looker and a lot of people if you ju just go to her go to her instagram you'll 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 appreciate it <laughs> she's not an only fans girl but you'll appreciate her instagram so anyway <laughs> mckenzie dern she does have some good striking she's got some ko's under her belt um she's coming off a loss to yan shaunan which i went over that uh not too long ago because shaunan was you know fighting but uh that was a majority decision loss to yan before that she beat tisha torres and then before that she lost to marina rodriguez but she was on a four fight win streak before that and this is against uh cooper 
Um, yeah, that's weird. I don't even see this fight on here. The hell? Well, anyway, pretty nasty. Uh, well, it wasn't a KO. She got the she got the submission, but she's got some good hands, heavy hands. Sometimes she's been working on her striking, and she doesn't have any wins by KO or TKO. They're all either submission or decision. Whether it's a win or a loss, it's by submission or decision. So she is, she does have a pretty famous um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu submission legend in uh, Megaton Diaz. That is her dad. So she definitely is a pretty well-decorated Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu player. And she's been a champ in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for a long time. So, when it comes to Mackenzie Dern, you do not want to be on the ground with her. She's got great arm bars, as you can see here, as well as the last one that, uh, or the last one that she got uh, against uh, Ronda Marcos. I mean, this was nasty for sure. She doesn't even have it locked up like normal. Um, and she got that crazy, like, inverted arm bar, I guess, or I I'm not exactly sure what that is. But that is just a different way to get an R bar. But she's good on the ground. You don't want to mess with her down there. But you know, Angela Hill has some good submissions as well. Uh, her record's not great. 15, 12, and 0. Like, damn. 15 and 12. That's uh oof. But she beat Emily Dakote and Lupe Godinez, who I just got done talking about. Uh, those were her last two wins. Before that, she was on a three-fight losing streak. Um, fuck. Like, that's a... She's had a lot of losses in there. But she does get a lot of decisions. And if you're gonna bet, you might want to bet this to go the distance. Because that's kind of a safe bet. Both these girls take it to decision a lot. Angela Hill has good subs, though, like I said. Mixed in. With some good striking. This is against Claudia Gadelia. And uh, you know. She's not the easiest opponent to fight. And she did knock her down with that punch. She does have decent striking. And you know. She does have a couple wins by by TKO. Or KO. So she could do it all. This should be a good main event. You know. Um, the UFC is kind of in that middle type where they've got a lot of their big fighters either booked for fights coming up or just got done fighting in big fights. So now you get all the in-between stuff. Like I said, a lot of these fighters are coming off of losses and whatnot. But, you know, either way, not too bad of a card. Uh, I like watching Mackenzie Dern fight. Uh, Angela Hill always puts up a good fight. So... You got the women as the headliners. They got moved from a different um, a different event that was supposed to have. They were supposed to be on last week's event, I think. And they got moved up a week because they didn't need a main event for this card. So there you go. It's happening in the fucking Apex. That's why it's UFC Vegas 73. And uh, yeah, that's about it for that. So to wrap it up, you have... DKFC tomorrow night. You got two boxing matches on Saturday as well as the UFC card on Saturday. So, yeah, take your pick. You know, you got a lot of combat sports this weekend. 
and I will be watching for highlights and I'll be watching anything else, anything I can during that time. I'm going to go play some golf on Saturday and then I got to go fucking mount a TV at Trent's place and go see how far they've gotten over there. Hopefully that follows through and they're not too busy. Get to go visit her at her new place. And then, you know, I got some stuff to do around the house, but I'm definitely looking forward to going and playing some golf. Can't wait for that. And that's about it for me. Next week, I'll recap all this shit, see what's going on. There's another card next week for UFC. I haven't looked at anything else yet that I know of, but the UFC card is not great. So hopefully there's something else. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, <laughs> we'll see what's happening. But either way, I'll be back next Thursday. Don't forget to like and subscribe and share this with somebody. Try to get me some more subscribers here. Trying to grow the channel always. Don't forget to follow my social media. It's been down there going through throughout the entire show. Going Rounds Podcast everywhere except for Twitter. It's Going Rounds Pod. I try to post everywhere as much as I can. Mostly, though, it happens on Instagram and Facebook. And then I throw stuff up on Twitter. And I mean, not Twitter, but uh, TikTok here and there, and then Twitter sometimes. So, least on Twitter, most on Instagram, Facebook. Go check it out. And don't forget to like and subscribe, like I said. Catch me back here next Thursday, 7 p.m., same channel, going around YouTube everywhere. Check it out. Follow me, like, subscribe, come back, share with a friend, tell somebody. Come check it out. I appreciate everybody. Thanks to my wife for being in the chat and supporting me and helping me through my emotional moments there. <laughs> Shout out to everyone else that listened. I appreciate you guys. Talk to you next week. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the fights. I'm out. Peace.